ACDI Podcast. It's one of those news stories, maybe the only one, that seems almost too big to cover. Climate change and the scientific consensus that the planet is almost at the point of no return. The evidence Climate is change conspiracies spread rapidly before and during the UN's COP26 climate summit in Scotland. According to researchers at Blackbird AI, starting back in June of this year, large amounts of climate change denial content began circulating on social media. Today, a it grim was- milestone. The top four stories after the Russia headliner on the New York Times app are all climate change stories. Of course, only one article, an explainer piece, actually mentions the climate crisis and none mention fossil fuels. This is a fail. More likely, we will see more wildfires, more people, higher temperatures, and more animals to add on the extinct species list. Media. It's one of the most important parts of human existence. It represents how we communicate, what we say, and how we say it. The written word is a large part of what differentiates humans from other animals, and you can trace human success in proportion to the technology associated with it, from written scrolls to books, newsletters, newspapers to blogs and social media, and journalism. The free press, the foundations upon which a free society is built. So much of of what we do in our lives is all based on our understanding of the world. And if an adversary can shape that or, or push it in directions that are favorable to them, that can have a huge impact. And I think it's only in recent years that we've really come to fully appreciate that impact and to look for ways to push back against it. Someone says, for example, these people that you dislike, they're even worse than you thought. And let me tell you something. Well, that's very pleasant for people sometimes to to hear that the biases that they already have are even more correct than they thought. Everyone loves to be told they're right. And a lot of disinformation plays into that. As long as there has been journalism, there has been misinformation. Did you know that in the 1890s, newspapermen Joseph Pulitzer and William Hearst competed for their audience by reporting sensationalistic rumors as facts? This in fact got a name, yellow journalism. And in case you were wondering, it worked and even played a major role in leading us to the Spanish-American War of 1898. There was thereafter a backlash against this and more journalistic integrity was demanded. This, in fact, is what led to the New York Times, but web-based news and social media brought it all back in full force, and before artificial intelligence provided a way to push it even further. At the root of this is journalism. It's the finding and communicating of facts. And that is why we are today talking with one of the most important men in the country in educating the very people who do this. Welcome to the Heat Waves of Change, a Climate Democracy Initiative podcast. My name is Mia Daly, 
today's hosts of Heat Ways of Change. And as you know by now from our previous episodes, our approach here at the Climate Democracy Initiative is that we cannot solve the climate crisis without first fixing our democracy, both in our daily lives and in this podcast. We convene people, communicate priorities, and catalyze solutions by working with people in and across society. People are relying on you to get it right. And that your reputation as a journalist and someone who's accurate, that actually means more than how well you can write a story or how how great you sound with your audio or how good you might look on television. If you're if you're not accurate with your facts, you're just an empty shell. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Patento Batts, who serves as the dean of the Cronkite School of Journalism. This distinguished institution holds the top rank among journalism schools in the United States and is indeed recognized as one of the premier institutions globally. Our conversation with Dr. Batts comes at a crucial juncture, where the Center for Democratic Inquiry claims to explore the role of media in shaping our understanding of climate change and its impact on democracy. We find ourselves in a perplexing situation where facts seem to have lost their sway, and even individuals experiencing an unprecedented series of 50 consecutive days with temperatures exceeding 115 degrees fail to acknowledge the existence of climate change. Today's discussion with Patento Bats centers on the challenges and opportunities that the media encounters in a stimulating action on climate change and improving our democracy, especially in the battle against disinformation and polarization. Hello, Patento, and welcome to this week's episode. As you know, there is a lot going on in the media right now involving misinformation, disinformation, and the dangers these have in polarization. Let's first break down the difference between these two critical concepts of misinformation versus disinformation. We're going to take a listen to this clip from ABC 13's Sarah Makuda. We're going to look at two broad categories of incorrect information you will encounter online, misinformation and disinformation. And the main difference is intent. Misinformation is false content that is shared by someone who doesn't realize it's wrong. Kind of like the person in your feed who shares an article by The Onion and didn't realize it was satire. Disinformation is shared with malicious intent. This is purposely created to seem legitimate, but has an agenda to manipulate or cause harm. That's like manipulated audio or video, like a deep fake or a site made to look like it's legitimate unbiased news, but it isn't. Misinformation can make it difficult for individuals to make informed choices about sustainable living and can erode trust in the very experts and institutions we rely on for accurate information. As we confront the complex issue of climate change, addressing misinformation is just as crucial as countering disinformation, as both pose substantial barriers to our ability to combat global warming effectively. In an era where collective action is needed to address climate change, the deliberate spread of false information becomes a significant obstacle in our pursuit of a sustainable future. Let me ask, what is your opinion of independent journalists or student journalists using social media as their primary platform? Because we know it can kind of go both ways. On one hand, it's this lightning fast way to share info, but you know, it can also be like a wildfire spreading misinformation. So social media is not a bad platform, okay? It's, it's ingenious, 
in terms of bringing people together and aggregating audience and being able to communicate directly to an audience. I mean, I actually wish that, you know, social media had come along much sooner. It would have been the type of thing that I would have loved to have had, you know, earlier in my life. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that first and foremost, that social media isn't bad. And the thing that makes it good is, again, that it's able to bring together so many different people in a space that you can share information with. Now, what you do with that is the question. Mm -hmm. And so some people will, will use it for positivity and do it for, you know, for good things and with good intentions. Others may have bad intentions, but what we have to do as practitioners and people who really endeavor to keep media, I would say pure in a sense, uh, in terms of trying to, you know, promote good things that are going on in the community and sharing information and bringing people together, we have to adhere to the standards and do everything we can to not, we can't say we're going to stop misinformation and make it, um, you know, outlaw it. Mm -hmm. If you have to be a free speech purist, but if we somehow flood the zone with more accurate information mm -hmm. and where we even check the misinformation and disinformation, that's the way to go about doing it. And so I would encourage any student who is has, you know, idea to for, you know, content that, to leverage the power of social media, to leverage the platform to engage with audiences, and then also understand the responsibility that goes along with that. Anytime that you're communicating with audiences, that you want to do your very best to be accurate and to be fair uh, with your information and to not be a purveyor uh, mm -hmm. of misinformation. I think that's exactly right. It's important to give the oxygen online to the correct information rather than trying to go back and correct the disinformation or just focusing more on the truth instead of the false narratives people try to spread online. Yeah, because, you know, that can sometimes take us to crazy town and, you know, yeah. that back and forth. And sometimes people put out misinformation seeking that engagement and to seek that back and forth or seek that conflict. And, you know, you, that could end up being a waste of time. So you want to, again, we want to give more oxygen to the positive aspects, to the to the accurate information and help to build, you know, trust and relationships there. Yeah, that's a great point, especially with the climate crisis we have at hand and journalists and participants on social media platforms. It is our job to spread truthful information to ensure that people know and understand critical issues our world is undergoing. Imagine if we all started to hold ourselves accountable online like this, rather than fighting each other over who is right or who's wrong. I think it's very important for us to maintain sharing the truth over unproductive discourse online. If we journalists, and those of us who are not, commit to enhancing the spread of truthful fact-checked information online, then the intentional spread of lies will be overpowered, lacking credibility. Speaking of students and independent journalists, what do you feel is the importance of investing into student journalism? Because I hear a lot of times people tell me that journalism is dying. People tell me that I picked the wrong major or that it's just going in a direction that's south. So for journalism students in particular, 
what would serve as our guiding force, especially amidst all the discourse? I would say that we want to position students as much as possible to be a part of the teaching hospital you know, concept where we're, where we're learning by doing and we're not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're dealing with real life situations where you, you all are contributing. And that's needed because there's a lot of news deserts that exist in our society and students should be encouraged to know that it has gotten the attention of a lot of philanthropy and funders, people who provide funding for journalism programs. There's a, there is an increased interest in supporting student journalists as a means of addressing news deserts, as a means of sort of addressing the crisis that we have in, in the industry as it relates to misinformation, as it relates to, again, trust as it relates to the relationships, you know, you all are seen as a real solution. Mm -hmm. And so what what I would say for you, keeping your light on and keeping it bright means focusing on the good that you're doing, knowing that you're doing something that is needed. Mm -hmm. It's probably not going to make you rich, (laughs) but it is very needed in our society. It's important. Mm-hmm. It is ingrained in the Constitution. It is, you know, a pillar of democracy. And that if you tell anyone that says, okay, journalism is dying, you tell them that's not true. You tell them that journalism has been and will be important to our future and that you are contributing to, to making our democracy strong. This really does go back to the core basics of journalism, which a lot of people will say has been lost today. And we unfortunately do have a lot of entities that do have a certain agenda that they need to push. However, there are so many of us that still hold those core basics of journalism. Fact-checking, accuracy, ethics and morals within journalism. We still hold those very, very close. I had the pleasure of working alongside a really great reporter once, and we we were on a team of education reporters. And I remember we had a couple of assignments together and I was writing a portion of the story and she was writing another portion of the story. And so I would talk to maybe three people and say, okay, I got my portion done. And I was, she sat across from me and I listened to her and she was talking to like a dozen people. She was fitting in as many interviews as she could. And she was operating on the premise as I asked her, I said, well, you know, I'm done. And I, you know, I talked to these people and I felt like I had it covered. Her thing was that she, she said she felt like the, her next interview was always going to be better than the previous one. And that she was going to learn something more that from that next interview that, that she didn't already have. And she was a phenomenal reporter. And so what I'm saying is, is that you can't be lazy uh, with this. There's no shortcuts. There's no cutting corners in how you do this is that you have to be relentless in the pursuit of the information and whatever it is that you may find on the internet, it may be, it may not necessarily be a bad source, but what I would do is check that information again, find out if you can, if you, what you see, that nugget that really appeals to you, see if you find it somewhere else quoted and that it's accurate. So, so check yourself on it. Don't just say, okay, this is, this has to be accurate because it's on the internet. No. Is it referenced? Okay. Where did it come from? Can you find it elsewhere to check, check against it? 
And the question you need to ask yourself is, if it were to come back being inaccurate, did that get in because, you know, it was just out there and just widely accepted information that turned out to be inaccurate? Or did it get in there because you were lazy and was it your fault? Okay. And are you out there on your own having, you know, do, would you, do you want to look bad? Would you look bad if this got into your story and it was wrong? And so you want to avoid that. And again, it's all about that reputation that you want to, to build and maintain because you only got one and you, you don't get many chances to rebuild your reputation. And that's a great point as well. Just for your average citizen, maybe somebody that's not a journalist, but somebody who's sourcing information. While we do have an expectation for journalism in the media to report accurate information, you know that it's a lot at times to understand what is going on around us. We do have an obligation to ourselves to take the time and research. We can't just go with the first answer. We do have to take care of ourselves in a sense of ensuring that the information we're sourcing is correct. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Have high standards for what you want to put your name on, because that's your your work. That there's a whole lot of really, really smart and passionate and committed people who are in the pipeline who want to get in this industry. And they're doing great work now, impactful work right now. And that, you know, so if people say, wow, you're you're optimistic. Yeah, I am, because I get to see <laughs> this up close every day. You know, these students, students like you all who are doing this. And so it just makes me happy. I do have one more question. What do you see when you picture the future of journalism? Well, not just the future of journalism, sort of the intersection between climate change, democracy and journalism in the lives of up and coming students, young people, young activists, young journalists. What do you picture when you think about their future? I picture students utilizing sort of the emergence of more advocacy, solutions, journalism to help to address the issue of, you know, climate change and helping to spur climate action. You know, when I think about where we have previously been with journalism and having sort of a one approach to objectivity where we were really approaching things always from, you know, particular sides and making sure we cover the whole, all aspects of it. And sometimes in doing that, we sort of muddy the message. That there's more desire now to set, to set journalists, especially younger journalists, free to do more advocacy, solutions, journalism, and to really play a role in being involved in what I would call more participatory journalism, where journalism is seen as part of not just pointing out what's wrong, but being part of the solution and being able to, we should be able to measure the impact of journalism on bringing people together for solutions. So looking at, okay, where are we now? If we've got a problem, where are we now in terms of addressing it as a community? An important part of this entire conversation is, what if we can't even count on plain facts anymore? What if we're stuck in a place where we can't agree on things staring us right in the face? That's a topic for another day. We've got a handle on what we should be demanding from journalists. 
But what about the news and journalism as a whole? I think myself as a younger person and those around me were kind of immune to misinformation, but at the same time, we're not. We're spending more time on social media than ever, where myths and disinformation can spread the fastest. It's not just about protecting your parents or grandparents anymore from some online scam. We've got cold, hard facts about our climate staring us right in the face, but misinformation is dividing us. Journalism, climate change, democracy, these are topics that concern us all, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum. We need to protect ourselves and take the driver's seat in the media that we're consuming and sourcing. We need to fact check on social media before reposting something and use reliable, unbiased sources when getting our news. The sources should promote and follow ethical journalism practices. They should tell the truth, the whole truth. What if we can't even count on plain facts anymore? This is the threat that misinformation and disinformation poses to us all. Well, everyone, that's all for this episode of Heat Waves of Change. If what was said today inspired you, you can visit the links in the description where you can find out more info about our cause. Until next time, stay safe and remember that the clock is ticking and the future of the planet and the state of its democracy lies in our hands. A CDI podcast.